Here we go. We're going to see how this goes. I get to see into the hearts of, of coaches and athletes yes. so quickly. We can have this adrenaline rush in the moment and still be the image bearers of Christ that we are called to be. My passion is for the life of Christ to be lived out through me. I mean, Seth turned a little red when he was talking. It was really, really <laughs> I good. I get really excited. We want to find an easier time. We want to find a better time. And it's never going to appear. The best time is now. Zach, you're dropping proverbs on us, man. My work as coach is a minister of the gospel. Man, I am looking forward to more yeah. conversations around this. You guys yeah. are the best. Welcome back to the Competing Biblically podcast. Uh, Seth is here and we have, I think our first time ever, four people on the podcast. Everyone that was actually on the podcast this season, this first season is here as we wrap up kind of going through the first season. So Seth and then Nick and Pancake are here. And we also have Blair with us who was um, on one of our episodes. Which episode was that, Blair? It wasn't too long ago. Yeah, for process of results. So he's joining us again tonight since he's been listening, walking through, just going to kind of reflect on, we're all going to reflect on what effect walking through this has been. It's been a growing process for all of us. I say, I don't even just say even Nick, Zach and I, but especially for us because we've just been learning and growing as we've been going. So we're just going to kind of share some reflections, some things that God has changed through us, some things that have been difficult. And some of the ways he's transformed the way we approach what we what we do. So, how are you guys tonight? And yeah, let's let's go ahead and dive on in. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, it has been it has been a long. That didn't take very long, Nick. You're excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm fired <laughs> up. <it> back. <laughs> I'm ready to go. This stuff has been shaping and forming. So, um, yeah, excited to chat with you guys about it. Excited to see. I don't know, four of my four guys that I, I four, probably four of my best friends or three of my best friends here on the screen and to talk about what God is doing through this stuff. And, and honestly, I feel like we've gotten closer to each other each individually because of this podcast, because of the things that we've been learning. And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to share that and excited also later to the point where we're going with this podcast and with competing biblically stuff in the future. How about you, Cakes? Uh, yeah, I'm excited as well. Uh, I think like as we get closer and closer to the season, um, I was just out stringing nets with my assistant coach and uh, nice. two other guys the other day and then just saw my buddy Noah Given last night and uh, as well as some of my teammates. The engaged um, so I think it's like Noah Given. Up to, I know. Oh, my goodness. We were talking about that. That's crazy, too. But yeah, just as we grow closer to the season, um, it's just more excitement because of the stuff that we've learned and we've talked about over these past couple of months. Hmm. Yeah. How about you, Blair? How are you doing? I'm good. We are about two, three weeks now into our football season. We start school tomorrow. So um, we are like neck deep into a very long few months here both just me at school and then also at home. So I'm just excited just to be here to t a little bit of a timeout to break it, you know, a little bit of break and not be doing schoolwork or football work as I, as we're coaching, just to be able to talk about this. And I think I'm 
looking for more to encourage my own spirit in this just to kind of encourage me to continue on this process as we to not Mm -hmm. don't waste our opportunities that we have here don't just let another season slip by just getting through and doing it just because it's another season so um that's i think the thing that god has put on my heart the most this year um in that yeah i'd agree i'm right there right there with you we are in the middle of our second week of our our boys soccer season so it's been the same um really trying to implement really realizing how intentional you have to be and how different this really is from the way the world competes. It really hit me in the face last week, so to speak, and realize, oh, this isn't just going to happen. Like, I really need to work at this. And, and not when I say work, not of the flesh, but I really need to be intentional uh, about the what God has taught me into implementing it. So I guess first I'd open it up. What has been the most transformative piece of information or theme that we've walked through that has changed the way you view or the way you you act or the, your perspective on your role in an in athletic competition? I think for life for me has been <clears throat> the whole two by four, like really, really working through two by four, especially the by, like trying to like just being reminded with all this stuff, like it's all really great, but I can't accomplish it in my own effort. And I've known that intellectually, but it's been really good just to be dependent on the Holy Spirit that I, I can't do this on my own power. I have to do it by, by the power of the Spirit, which means I have to walk in step with the Spirit, which means I need to, to seek the Lord. Um, so I think from that, I've spent a lot more time with the Lord. Uh, my time with the Lord has been more intimate because you're just thinking about the things of God more often, because I know that whatever comes out, uh, whatever I'm doing, if I'm doing it by the spirit, the Lord will receive glory. Uh, He will be glorified. I will be doing it for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And if it's not the spirit, then there's a whole lot of me caught up in it. Um, So even just like the value, I've been in a a season of just evaluation of like, man, is this really according to God's word? Is this really by God's power? Is this really being done for God's glory? Or am I, it's so easy for, for me and I'm sure for you guys as well to get on autopilot that you just do the things that you do because that's what you do. Um, and yeah, so I think just the simplicity of two by four, thinking about that as often as we do, not just with sport, not just with FCA, but just overall life, um, kind of even like the first Corinthians 10 deal of whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God, just evaluating all those things. Yeah, I, I would agree. And similar to what you were saying, Seth, is just realizing because, I mean, because of Nick and what he's evaluating, I've also been evaluating um, that stuff in my own life, especially when it comes to sports, of being away from sports for a little bit for the summer now and coming back into it for, I mean, the last year that I plan on playing and really realizing that, like, everything in my life has to be that way. If I'm going to go in and do this the right way, like if we're, if I'm going to approach Christianity, if I'm going to approach Christ the right way, it can't just be sections of my life that I dedicate to him. It can't just be, oh, my time at church, I'm going to dedicate to him, like my Wednesday, my Sundays and my Thursday nights or and now like the once a week meetings that we have for Wilmington. Like it has to be every aspect of my life or else it's not going to mean anything and it's not going to be a true reflection of what I say I believe. 
Um, and so really realizing, I mean, again, w- what you said, like the work that goes into that, not, not like you said, not this worldly work of, mm. oh, I need to put the hours in and I need to commit and do this so that uh, it'll be good, but just growing more intimate with the Lord and really figuring out how to do that and do that well, probably for the first time in my Christian walk over the summer. Uh, and really realizing what it means to spend time alone with the Lord and really grasp what he has for me instead of what I have for myself and hoping that God makes it okay. Yeah. There's a big difference between seeking the Lord and getting his direction versus coming to him and saying, God, this is what, this is the way it's going to be. Please bless it. Like this is, this is what I'm doing. Please bless it. Uh, it's a whole a whole different ball game. Saying God, here I am, and that's like that's the essence. So I think even to go back to what was most life changing for me or whatever is like adopting not my will but yours be done. Adopting that as a mantra that it's not about what I want; it's about what you want. And I can come and say, God, I think this, I think that, but that's not ultimate. God has the final word on it. So yeah, there's a big there's a big difference there. Uh, I think for me, you guys talked about being on mission um, yeah. early on. And I think just the, the on mission, I think of for me, I always kind of I have a verse or a phrase I want to put on my call sheets when I when I call plays on, on game day. And for me, I think that Colossians 110 really for me. And I'm not sure if you guys told us or not. I think you, I do remember it. But it says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing mm-hmm. to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing the knowledge of God. Right. That like. Are we going to just, I, and I've been coaching for 13 years, so it's so easy like uh, to go on autopilot. I think like you said, Seth, just just a, like another season, you know exactly what to do on this day and that day and just how to move on. Um, and I can get through a season on autopilot or am I going to walk on a daily basis in a manner that's worthy to the Lord, right? That two by four, like am I going to do that, you know, bearing fruit in every good work, right? Like mm. and is the way that I interact with coaches and the way that I interact with the kids um, and officials, whatever it might be, is that is that bearing fruit and every good work. And then it says an increasing in knowledge of the Lord. I think that as we do that more, we get to know God more as we walk near him, right? That we do things according to the word of God by his power, you know? And I, I think for me, it's definitely... Colossians 1.10 is going to be big for me just to remind myself and the times when my flesh takes over to come back to that. So that's going to be on my call sheet to make sure that I can see it <laughs> when I need it. Hmm. Yeah. I think for me, walking through a lot of this, and I think Nick can attest to this, when we started doing all the competing biblically stuff, I feel like for me, it's brought a lot of clarity um, there were a lot of thoughts jumbled in my mind, and and I know Nick has heard me use that word when I share it with people because it really has brought clarity and distinction. Because there's people I talk to, and I know when they're in the same place, when they'll get it, when they hear it. Because I talk to them, and specifically the stuff we've talked about with winning mm. is no winning. Winning isn't why I'm here, but I'm not here just to have fun. Like I know. God has given us sport and we are to enjoy it, but I'm not just out here to to have fun. If And if I'm not playing at my best, it's, oh, whatever, I'm having fun. Like, I know that's not what I'm called to do. Like, God has created me to compete and I'm here to be the best that I can be. But at the same time, 
that drive to win is there's something there that I need that I'm called to do, but I know I'm not called to win. And I started actually, I think the first episode I even shared that I was kind of in a place where winning is a good objective, but it's not a good purpose. And at the time, like I was wrestling with that and thinking with that, but walking through this has really made it clear for me that, you know, the purpose, which, which we've further defined the past few weeks and that, that the goal is to glorify God by closing that gap between potential and performance. And we talk about closing that gap all the time. And that's where, that's where that drive to be the best we can be to close the gap between who God has called us to be and who we can be versus where we are right now. And I think that specifically has really helped me channel and understand what God has called us to do. And cause I know there's a lot of other people who wrestle with the same thing. No, we're not called to win, but like, we're called to try. I mean, and we're called to bring effort. It's not that winning doesn't matter at all. So it's really helped me a lot in that area and clarifying a lot of those kinds of things for me. And Zach, I know you mentioned you had a conversation with Noah within the past couple of weeks, right? Was that within the past couple of weeks? Yeah. Yeah. So actually uh, last night, um, me and Noah went and got to see some teammates, but uh, got to drive together uh, and just on the ride there and on the ride back, he had just been sharing about um, listening to the podcast. He had been listening to it while he worked out, uh, while he got some shots in and some wall ball. And he just realized during one of the episodes, um, I wrote down which one it was. It was during interdependence over independence. And he just really realized what we were talking about before, that he had just never truly understood what it meant to play for the Lord, uh, to play for his glory. Um, He had always said that. And just that was the only part of playing for his glory is just saying, hey, I play for God's glory. And I can very similarly relate to this story. Like I, I think even has, as he was telling it, I told him like, man, that was that was me until I started hearing about the stuff that Nick was talking about and the stuff that we went through for this podcast. It's just like, man, as Christians, it's so easy to separate playing for the Lord uh, just as a statement. Um, and so just saying that and then doing whatever to win um like you were saying seth it's like man like i'm I'm, i want to win so i feel like i need to do that uh so we do anything to do that we'll play cheap uh or we'll argue with the refs or we'll do things that are just disrespectful or we'll be super selfish and in any of that and just do all these sinful things and then come out at the end of the game pray with some of the other team and maybe your teammates and say, Oh, well it was all for God's glory. Um, Mm -hmm. it'd be really weird to do that in a church where like, if we were to walk into a church curse at the, the guy sitting in another pew, uh, and then come out of that and pray and say, man, like I'm doing this for God's glory. Uh, but like realizing that like this stuff that we talk about applies in every aspect and then hearing, uh, and I'm, I know I was sharing with him. It's just like, man, like, through this podcast, like I know I've been talking a lot about what these things mean and uh, how to define these things and how to do these things, but I, I've truly been learning about all of these things and now get to apply them to my sport. And so just being able to be on the same page about the sport that we're about to play together uh, over the next year was just so encouraging. Hmm. 
I bet I, I'm sure it's helpful to like to not be by yourself too, to have someone else who's on the same mission. Blair talked about being on mission, but being on the same mission as you. Uh, and then Blair, you you shared something about a practice that you've adopted that that you heard from one of the episodes, and this really helped what what you've been involved in. So I don't know if you wanted to share a little bit about that. Yeah. So. Um and it's something we had heard before. I think, I, I don't know if it was Randy Chambers or if it was Scotty Kessler, um, but the put-ups that had been mentioned before, I think you guys said earlier when we were talking, it was through the channels of blessing. It might've been interdependence over independence too. talk a little bit. Um, but just that practice of put-ups, read the Frosty book in the spring and it really was, con- I, I, I always used to think about it as being like, ah, like, I don't know how that would go. And being at a public high school coaching a high school football team for some of this stuff, we went through some, some rocky roads last year. And I just really, we were really focusing, um, our head coach was, was focusing really on just like creating a family atmosphere, creating an atmosphere like the kids trust each other. And, you know, I was, I was in my, in my thought process and, and listening to you guys talk about this and just praying about it. I felt like this was something that needed to be done. Um, so the way I've implemented so far is with, I coach the offensive line. Um, and so Nick knows this, I think really well, just the offensive line can be kind of, it's like team inside the team. Like it's its own, sometimes it's kind of like it's its own special unit just because of how much they have to work together. And it can be a really good, you know, group, a really good family. Um, so I started with them in July and it was, you know, the kids were a little awkward with it at first, but they, they really liked it. And after the first time, the, the next time, the next practice we had, the kids were like, oh, we're going to do that again. And I was shocked only because I just didn't know how they would like it. Right. So the way I do it is we get in a hut. We, we, we have a, you know, save about five minutes at the end of our practice or our session and say, okay, I just pick one kid. And I've started off with, I have four seniors. So I started off with the seniors and said, Hey, go ahead, Jeff, you're up or um, Winston, you're up. And they go. And then the kid who gets to put up, then they have to give one back to another kid. And we've gone where it's out of the you know 17 kids we have, every single kid has been involved. Um, or if I don't have time, I'll say, hey, like, give me two put-ups. And now they're – today was so good because a lot of times they're like, oh, I saw you, like, you did a good job lifting today. And today's was um, really cool. We had an early morning practice. And at the end of the at practice, we did put-ups. And every single put-up was the same thing, was that, hey, like – it was a it was a kid. So in, in football, it's a little different because you have a scout team all the time. Uh, and Nick can attest this. I know really well. Just a lot of times, as a scout team guy, you don't always give like really good effort, and you give a you give a half rep or you give like we call it a brother in law rep, or you kind of just you you, you 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 slack a little bit. And a lot of times that, that comes from the varsity kid saying like, "Hey, like don't go too hard now." And it becomes kind of a cultural thing where like a coach has to push it. Like, "Hey, no, like you gotta you gotta try just as hard." Um, and today, every single one of the put-ups was a older kid or a varsity kid telling a younger kid, you made me work really hard today at practice. You pushed me. Like, you went hard against me, and you showed great effort against me. And I told them after they all did it, I'm like, guys, you guys all literally said the same thing without knowing it. It's that you guys are through this you're recognizing you're not mad at the kid for going so hard at practice. You're recognizing that they're here to help you get you better. Right. And so it was just really cool to see today that literally they said the same thing without realizing they were saying the same thing. 
And it's this idea of we're just, we, we, our theme for our team is family. And I'm like, listen, guys, like I shared this with the whole team. I said, families don't exist without trust. So we have to trust each other that we're not going to be like, as Zach was saying, the interdependence over independence episode where you do, you have to trust that the guy next to you is going to do their job. And we had a, a scrimmage where we had a couple things go bad where we had a big touchdown throw, we had a holding call. Then we had, you know, good blocking and we, we threw an interception or then we had a big run, like, a couple things bad happened. And it was like one guy messed up, but there was no like infighting. It wasn't like pointing fingers. It was like the next play, we just got it back. And so I think part of that really does come from on a small scale, the kids knowing that they're looking to encourage each other, putting people up and not just pointing the finger and saying somebody else's fault. So I've been really encouraged by that, just that it's something that I know is at its heart, a, a gospel centered idea to encourage one another to, mm. to, you know, tell somebody else that they're doing a good job and putting them above yourself and not putting yourself before somebody else and just looking for more opportunities to, to do that. And I think we're going to, I think that the goal is I'm looking for a time where the linemen are going to, all my senior linemen, I have them put up another guy that hasn't seen it yet, like a receiver or a quarterback or running back in front of the whole team. So that's kind of the goal going forward with it. So I'm just really, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really encouraged by it because I don't have to remind the kids to do it now. And it's only been like two months. They're just like, Hey, we're going to do that. Yeah, go. Hmm. Um, So that's been, it's something that, I had known about and I'd never done. And I was encouraged to do it. I think just through these conversations you guys have had. Hmm. That's good. That's cool. I see how uh, cool to see how it's had that effect on your team as well, because sometimes I know sometimes certain things sound just really elementary, just encouraging someone else, but then we don't realize how powerful that can be or how important it is and how much, you know, the team will enjoy it. Cause sometimes I bring something in, I'm like, I don't know. This might seem kind of corny to them. I don't know if they'll buy into this. But a lot of times, a lot of the things we've done, they do because they see how it helps. They see it work within them and they see it work within their teammates as well. And you can, one thing, the one thing I always watch is the kid, they say the kid's name. And I love watching the kid that's being talked about. And you can just see it like, they won't always smile, but they, they might be like looking at the ground or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, John. And they're like, oh, like, I have a teammate telling me I did a good job today, right? So that's always, you never know. Like, yeah, who, me? Like, they love it. And it's, I think in today's world, like, I don't know how much kids are encouraged that like, hey, you, like you did a good job in this, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just, I think it's really, really important just for it to come from a peer is, I think, powerful. Because I don't know how much I ever, going through high school and college sports, I don't know if I've ever can remember a time maybe it was i just can't remember where another teammate like just told me at the rest, hey you did a really good job today because we all know how much that means to us when somebody tells us that and how how far that can go hmm. yeah i think it's really cool to see how that so blair like when you're one when you were telling me earlier probably a couple weeks ago that a day that you weren't there at practice that they were still doing it well like, yeah yeah don't worry coach we got put-ups I and mean, that that is cool because it is like I don't want to say addicting, but it is a little bit like addicting of like, man, this is really neat. Like I, we want to keep doing it, but it's, it's also really cool as you were sharing that example and player, that was perfect. The whole, like 
being able to see, did that happen today? That's cool timing that that happened today that they were this morning. Oh, that's this so, morning. That's so good because you can kind of see everything moving up from, from the foundation and kind of creeping its way up to the, to the overs or to the, to the final framing out. Like those ideas of like a whole heart, renewed mind, strong will and great passion flowing up through self selfishness versus selflessness. Like that whole brother-in-law thing, man, I was all over that. Like I, yeah, I'm already a starter. I got what I need. It was like, it was an eye game and you see that play out in team over individual and interdependence over independence. And it's just so good. It's so good. The team, like as a team, you will reap, and again, it's not about the win, but it's the whole idea of Frosty would talk about the road to success versus the success road. The road to success, just everything is about the end goal, where the success road, it's, it's really process over results. It's process over results, and it's really cool to see that kind of flesh out on your team, that they're embracing the, they're embracing the grind. I mean, at some point I was telling uh, in a meeting today with people talking about this stuff is like, if you don't love it, if you, if you can't muster up a great passion for the sport, like if you don't love, if you don't love practice, then we shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't be doing it. Like if you can't get to a place where you are worshiping and loving Jesus at practice in those moments where you're going against guys and there's nothing on the line other than just getting better so that everybody's better when that's happening on the team that is the recipe for success like it's a recipe for success of satisfaction of glorifying the lord and i mean i think it will overflow that's part of being on the success road when you adopt the process a byproduct of the process sometimes is going to be a lot of worldly like you'll see worldly success when those type of principles are being embraced because that your offensive line, your starters are getting better. Like they're getting better and the younger guys are getting better. And it's not just about now. It's also long-term over short-term. If you can keep that philosophy ingrained, that'll go on for generations. Yeah. So we've shared some things that have been going well, some things that have been really positive changes. What are some things that, maybe we've heard and wanted to implement or whatever, but has been challenging for us, whether it's because of our environment, whether it's because of something within us. Yeah. What is something that's been difficult or challenging to, to live out and to do? I, I can speak up to the one I saw um, there's the selflessness over selfishness. My selfishness can creep through really quickly just because when it comes to whether it's just at practice or at scrimmage or whatever, I kind of say like, I can get in that mindset. Like I know what needs to be done. I want this done. Um, I want it to look, I want practice to look a certain way. I want a kid to, and you know, there's a certain point where you, as a coach, you want kids to do a drill a certain way. Um, but it's probably more me and like can controlling things. And that can creep mm-hmm. up in me real quick. And in my brain, I can justify it. I guess there's a probably a fine line there of, well, this is the right thing to do versus it doesn't always have to be my way um so just i I would say that i definitely uh have to definitely pray that i fight against selfishness and be more selfless in uh in just being just 
the picking my battles of when I think things need to be done a certain way or when I need to back off and say, I need to stop being so selfish. So that's definitely, I know I can just, if you look back in the past couple of weeks for me coaching, definitely felt that. Mm. I mean, I would echo something where I'm currently at. We got a new AD transitioning from the old one and the, the standard of taking care of our coaches and our staff and our team just much different. And my response to authority was very different than what it should have been. And I talked, you know, my first, something I didn't like, thought was a little rude or inconsiderate and just not a part of their job. I didn't feel like they were looking to take care and serve us as I, as I should. And my first reaction was to go talk to the coach who's worked with him more because he's the head coach. And I'm like, what's going on? But I can kind of complain and have that heart towards him. Whereas, you know, I'm called to serve him and to point him towards Christ. And instead, all I could think about was the way he was inconveniencing me, my players, my team, um, whatever. So the selfishness and the, the, the authority has been something that these first couple weeks going into the season, I would say as well for me, has just been but a challenge. Yeah, I would uh, um, kind of agree with you on that, Seth, uh, of just this idea of submission. Because like submission to a coach has always been really easy to me. I'm very much one to say, hey, coach, do whatever, put me wherever, put me on the bench. Um, like I'm trusting you're doing what's best for the team. But beyond that, going to athletic directors and then to administration of our school is like it gets very hazy from there. But like looking into um, like what are some of the rules we're going to have to follow in the fall and some of the things that we're talking about for games for the spring, I'm very quickly and luckily like we haven't started. So I haven't been in I luckily like realizing this now before I go see people before I go talk to these guys that we're going to have to deal with it about, but very quick to say, Oh, well that doesn't make sense. I don't like that to say, Oh, like this doesn't follow my line of logic. So I'm not going to do that. And so like, again, not going to the Lord um, and saying, Hey, like you have placed these people in authority, whether they're doing it for good or bad, I'm called because of you to submit to them. Uh, and so doing that with first a grateful heart and then second, secondly, like telling other people about that and not grumbling and blaming about it. Yeah. So, it, I mean, sounds like, I mean, Blair was a little bit different. Zach and I must be cut from the came, same cloth. We don't like people telling us what to do. But um, I, I, I'm guilty of that one, too. I just didn't bring <laughs> it up. So don't worry. That was but, that's why. Yeah. Don't don't worry. So um, thank you guys for sharing that. I mean, another quick thing for me, challenging one, and it kind of gets tucked away because it's challenging, but when we did the week over the strong, hmm. um, that was a really challenging thing for me. And it's something I still am wrestling with. Like, how do you do that as a coach, as an athlete? Because everything in an athletic context is catered towards a strong. You have to work with your starters more. Those are going to be on the field the most. They are your core players, your leaders. So that one's still really challenging to me. And that really is just sitting on the shelf and I'm just looking at it and praying about it and saying, Lord, you got to help me with this because this is a challenge. But I mean, that's the beauty of it is we haven't shied away from, we haven't just developed what we think and have shared what we think. Like this has been something that we have been challenging ourselves with and growing with as a group and as a team. 
and we're moving forward with with that. I mean, God's doing some really cool things, something we're excited about. We're working really hard to get to make this more than just okay a 30 to 40 minute podcast each week. So, we have been working really hard and Nick, I don't know if you want to share some just about where we're going, what's up next. This is kind of wrapping up season 1 of the Competing Biblically podcast. And if you want to share a little about where we're going with season two and how the podcast is growing outside of just the podcast itself. Yeah. So these past 30 episodes or so, I think this is episode 29 in this first season, we've kind of, we've, we've, we've laid out this, this framework or, or philosophy of competing biblically. And yeah, now we're taking it to a different form. So I know there's a lot of FCA folks that listen to this and people that want to engage this information, uh, engage this information transformationally with other people. What we're doing is we're actually starting uh, next week. We are recording 10 minute video teachings for each of the pillars. So we're going to be or for each of the, the foundation for uh, the pillars and for the overs. And huddle material, a Bible study material for you to be able to go through. And all that will be up on our website. So stay tuned for that. And then, yeah, what's coming next for the podcast in season two? We're actually uh, going through a book that helped spur Scotty on to to putting his framework together and has really shaped the way we think about competing biblically. And it's, it's a book called The Handbook on Athletic Perfection, or as we affectionately call it, I think Seth coined the term because he was sick of writing it down as he was taking notes on things that we were doing. It is affectionately known as the HAP. So, yeah, we're going to walk through this incredible resource. Yeah, an incredible resource and actually a Delaware FCA. We are going to be using this resource for our fall uh, and winter ministry as we get as we get our competing biblically curriculum put together. So season two, look, look forward to, to diving into the handbook on athletic perfection as a full of a ton of a ton of great nuggets this is probably the fifth or sixth time that i've read through it and we're going through it as a staff right now and have read i think i'm in chapter three but intro to chapter three so far this week and even though i've read it and highlighted it a bunch of times and there's so much good and there's so much rich stuff especially as we lo- read this book through the lens of competing biblically, as le- these two worlds, two philosophies kind of intersect and, and integrate with one another to leave us in a place where our faith and sport are integrated, our life and faith are integrated to the glory of God. So now looking forward to walking that journey with you guys here on this call and and uh, those of you who are listening and looking forward to pulling some other folks in uh, to the podcast as well. There'll be more voices uh, which I'm sure is a good thing. Um, <laughs> instead of listening to mine all the time, be good to pull in some other voices, other people. Um, yeah. So if you're sick of hearing some other, the same people all the time, hopefully we get some other fresh voices on here. If you guys listen to fresh perspectives. And I know, I think I shared this to wrap up the last episode, but the interns and Zach, Zach can attest as he was a part of this as well. But our intern crew this summer, we walked through a lot of this. And I actually remember specifically a conversation we were at uh, Zach's house and sitting around talking about one of the chapters we worked through in the HAP. And man, the conversation was just so good. It was so rich and fundamental and deep into faith and into how that how we integrate that into our athletic life. And I remember 
the six of us or seven of us sitting around on that couch and just talking about it. And man, and I'm just so excited to bring those conversations onto this platform and be able to share them because man, there's just some, some fundamental and deep things in there that, that are really powerful and really good. So we hope that you guys have enjoyed these 29 episodes. The first, the first full season of competing biblically is, is done. I actually didn't know if we could do it. So we made it, we did it, and not only that, but we're firing on all cylinders to go into season two, and we're ready. We're ready to see what God wants to do with with all this and where He's taking us, because we are kind of we're on this journey as well. We don't know what God's going to do. We don't know what He's going to bring on next, and we're excited to hopefully to share this out on platforms and mediums that can reach more people. Uh, so, if you have any questions, first of all, the handbook on athletic perfection. You can get that at Cross Training Publishing. And if you have trouble finding that, you can email us, competingbiblically at gmail.com. We can help you with that. If you want to walk through the resource with us, it's a great resource. It has the, it's, it's in handbook form. So it has all these chapters. And then um, there's also a full uh, study in the back that's 30 days, I believe. And it goes through all the chapters, plus some other really cool fundamental things. So it's a great resource. If you don't have it, we encourage you to get it. Walk, you know, we're doing this in our ministry locally, ministry wide. So if you want to walk with us through it, it's going to be a cool journey. So thank you guys for joining us. We've made it through season one. We can't wait to see what God's going to do in season two. And we will talk to you next week in the beginning of season two, something new. So we'll see you guys have a good week.